1: Thanks for listening to the podcast My guest today, Jay Blumenfield And Jay and Tony, his partner, Tony Marsh They have a prolific and award-winning production company That has been making ground baking content since 2001 When they produced and directed the HBO documentary Small Town Ecstasy If you haven't seen that, go check that out uh, You can see it on YouTube right now um, It's about uh, people on ecstasy Pretty crazy The company has created and produced a wide variety of original and critically acclaimed television series, including The Chelsea Handler Show on E!, Restaurant Stakeout on The Food Network, Here Come the Newlyweds and Welcome to the Neighborhood on ABC, Family Business and Gigolos on Showtime, The American Influencer Awards on YouTube, Tournament of Laughs with Jason Sudeikis. Known for their fresh and innovative perspectives, The Jay and Tony Show just completed a re-imaging of stupid pet tricks on TBS with David Letterman and Sarah Silverman. So without further ado, Mr. Jay Blumenfield. Jay, how you doing? All right, how are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for being on my podcast. Anytime. Hey, so for those who don't know, who is
2: Jay Blumenfield? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I, I, I have a TV production company. We've, we've made lots of different shows over the years. Yeah. Started the Chelsea Handler Show, did Gigolo's, Restaurant Steakout, Small Town XC, won some awards, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's what we do. We make TV.
1: Awesome. And you have a podcast as well.
2: Uh, yeah, we 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 haven't been doing it lately because we've been too busy. But we we did it every week for f- four years straight, and then we and then we got too busy to 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 do it as as consistently. But if you want to learn anything about the TV entertainment business from two angry young men, uh, I would <laughs> I would suggest checking out the Jay and Tony Show show podcast.
1: You guys are uh, also executive producers of a whole bunch of different shows, man. I I just watched Small Town Ecstasy. What a great uh, show that was. And like you said, all these different shows, the Chelsea Handler Show on E!, the Restaurant Steakout, Welcome to the Neighborhood, uh, Family Business and Gigalos. That must have been interesting. Uh, Oh, yeah. The American Influencer, Tournament of Laughs with Jason Sudeikis, uh, Stupid Patrick with David Letterman and Sarah Silverman. I got a question for you because I know a lot of people don't know this. What is yeah. an executive producer?
2: It's a good question because <laughs> it, it depends who you ask, and it also depends in what part of the business you're asking. In yeah. the sort of unscripted world that I live in, it's kind of what you would normally call sort of a a director producer mm-hmm. uh, on a movie. Like, although see, it gets confusing because we often hire directors. But in the TV world, the director's more sort of pointing the camera, planning how the work's going to be, and the executive producer is sort of overseeing the creative, hiring the people, sitting in the bay, watching the cuts, like do, just sort of managing the, the entire production. And, and in our case, we usually create the idea and then have to go sell the idea and then have to go execute the idea. So now on certain movies and executive producers just a, like a fat guy with a yacht who wrote a check, but that's
0: not
1: us. I see. Are you still there? Yeah. Yeah. Can you oh, hear okay. Me? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, um, how do you guys come up with those shows and, and how does that work? I mean, you guys just have an idea and then you, you say, okay, let's kind of develop this and then you take it into whatever, uh, company it is and just pitch it to them. Is that how that works?
2: If that's how it should work. It's gotten more complicated where now it's less about the idea uh-huh. and more about what's, what's the exciting parts of the package. So do you have some IP? Like, do you have a game that you, you have the rights to? Like, oh, it's Monopoly, the reality show, and we have the rights to Monopoly. Or do you have a big star attached that can help promote it? So it's from the mind of Brad Pitt comes a show about dating. That's that's a helpful piece. So a lot of what we've lately been spending our time doing is trying to put together those pieces and put them on top of an idea that we thought of. But usually you have to have some sort of an idea to do that.
1: You guys were, you uh, and your buddy Tony were in a band back in the day, um, which I want to talk to you guys called Too Much Joy. But you guys came from that world and then came into... Uh, the production world. How did that go down? Like, I, I know you guys were in that band and you guys were, were successful and you guys got signed by record company and all that. But then all of a sudden you transferred over to uh, this world. How did that? How did that play yeah, out?
2: Yeah, it's it's well. The, the the truth is, I was in the band right out. It was sort of my high school band, and then we all went to college. And then right after college, we put out a record and toured and got signed and sort of lived the life of a rock star for. Our, our 20s, basically. Yeah, and that was yeah. fantastic. Um, Best job I've ever had. Right. Now, mean, mean, meanwhile, Tony, who was my buddy from UC Berkeley and we were roommates, yeah. was working his way up the food chain in LA, starting as a PA, getting yelled at by producers, having to deliver scripts in the rain, crying on, on the job. Like he was just miserable, <laughs> but he, he worked his way up to a certain level in the TV business. So that by the time my band started failing and our record company dropped us and nobody was paying us to be rock stars anymore, and I was sitting on my couch in my underwear, like waiting for the phone to ring, <laughs> Tony was kind of like in a place where we could do stuff together. And I had started directing music videos with my band and then others. So I was sort of in that world of visual arts. And Tony's like, why don't you come out to LA and we'll see what we can do. And then we started a company.
1: That's awesome. And you guys, uh, so let's go back. So you guys are um, doing these productions and everything, and then you guys are doing all these different shows and everything. And the one, I, I mean, I I just watched Small Town Ecstasy, and that's amazing, you know. And just bringing that experience of all those, all the kids and everybody that that have been doing Ecstasy. I don't even know. Are people still doing Ecstasy? I don't even know. Well, I,
2: they, they changed the name to, but uh, but yeah, they, they people are still doing
1: it. They changed the name to what?
2: Molly.
1: Oh, Molly. that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then um tell me about uh f- filming gigolos and that, how that all go down.
2: <laughs> so it's, yeah, yeah, I, I I could do an entire podcast about that one. And so we we sold that show. That show is a a reality show about a bunch of friends in Vegas. Who are paid escorts for women yeah. so they 're male escorts, and when we first sold the show, we knew a couple of them, and we, we started to get to know more of them and and, and then we started making the show about their lives and these guys are they 're funny they 're good looking they 're kind of idiots in, a, in a, com- a comic way, and we realized that the most interesting part was the women who paid money to see these guys yeah so we really we we made the show really focusing on the women but it was for showtime so they wanted us to push the envelope of what we could show so there's there's sex scenes there's nudity you know and yeah and uh you know i can remember sitting in a hotel bathroom with four other people looking at a tiny screen of two people fucking in the bedroom (laughs) attached to that bathroom and me having to like Run out and go. Okay, I think we got enough. Why don't you uh, have an orgasm and wrap it up? So it was a. <laughs> That's it legit. Was, it, was, it was. It was real. It wasn't it staged. Was, yeah, it was. It was real stuff.
1: Wow! And there's actually uh, women that actually do that. That actually pay for those dudes. That's
2: yeah, and, and what was interesting was they all they all had really interesting stories. Like yeah. one may have just recovered from cancer and she yeah. just wanted to like do something that she'd never done. Or yeah. one was like super overweight, like 400 pounds and she didn't feel like she could be loved. And you know, like there were some really interesting stories and uh, it was a good run. It was like six seasons and yeah. uh, you know, it was fun.
1: You guys get those uh, like you do one season and then the show will, will get picked up again. or you guys just stoked out of your gourd? You got like another, another season to do.
2: That's, I mean, in our world, yes, we're very excited when somebody orders another season because usually the first season's the hardest to figure out and costs the most and takes the most work. So by the time you're on the fourth or fifth season, it's a lot easier. Um, The problem is, like, if you're a screenwriter, right, you work really hard and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And then you sell your script and you get, you know, whatever, half a million dollars. Yeah. And you go out, and you high-five, and you party, and you're like, we did it. Yeah. All right, let's go spend the money. The problem is we work really hard, develop a show, and, and then the network's like, okay, we're going to buy this. And then we don't have time to go out and party. We have to go make the goddamn <laughs> show. So it's like not quite as fun. No.
1: Is it, it, so you guys do like nine episodes or something? How many episodes do you have to do?
2: Uh, it, it depends on the series. I think Gigolo's is ten. Yeah, I can't remember exactly.
1: And so how long does it usually take you days to make those 10 episodes?
2: It really depends on the show. I think it was about a week per episode on Jiggloos and a couple weeks of uh pre-production and and a few months of post. So, you know, maybe 4 or 5 months total.
1: Do you have anything uh, in development right now that that we'll see?
2: We we always have tons in development. Uh, <laughs> Do you? I have no idea what's going to see the light of day and what's just going to Make me sad because nobody wanted it.
1: Yeah, so, is there? A, there's a lot of rejection, huh? Do you guys go in and and they just say nope, that's not going to happen,
2: dude? If I could tell you the amount of times <laughs> Tony and I have been kicked in the balls so hard <laughs> really? while we weren't looking, it's it's terrible. Like you really need thick skin and a fucking big
0: uh-huh. yeah. jock
2: cup because <laughs> it's fucking it's bad. It's just like and the people that are saying no are usually not the brightest bulbs, and you know that Like, if you could just get to their boss, you could yeah. get them fired and sell the show. But that's not how it works.
1: Yeah. And you guys go in, you guys are all stoked, and then they get shot down, and then you, go, you have to go back to the drawing board, or you, you go to another network.
2: Yeah, we go to everyone, and and these days, people suck so badly that very rarely does anyone just say, no, that's not for us. Which, by the way, at this point in my life would be a win. Because yeah. what happens is Every meeting is like, oh yeah, that's great. Then we're going to talk about it internally. We're going to double back and circle up and whatever, and then they just ghost you. So it's yeah. like this fucking slow,
1: oh, tedious,
2: brutal. like water drip of of pain and agony. Um, so yeah, it's fun. You guys gonna have to do a show on fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly.
1: Oh yeah. my god. Have you seen that show, uh, Soft White Underbelly?
2: Yeah. Um, oh, my I, I, God. That's yeah.
1: good. That guy's... It's is funny.
2: We, we, uh, we reached out to that guy to try to develop a, a longer-running series. Yeah. Um, and then somebody told me, like, maybe he got canceled or something weird happened, but I don't mm-hmm. want to talk shit about someone I don't know. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I like his stuff. I don't know whatever happened, but we never heard back
1: yeah man that's a, that's a good one you know the Whitakers you know the that uh yeah the inbred family
2: <laughs> the guy, yeah. that kid on there.
1: oh yeah. my god so good yeah so what's your it favorite what, what's been your favorite show so far what's been the um, funnest one to work on man that you're like just oh, that was that was a blast I mean they all a good? lot
2: of them are a lot of them are fun like we, we we like comedy, so working working on Chelsea Handler was really was really fun working with Jason Sudeikis on uh Chairman of Laughs was good, you know. Stupid Petricks. We had we had you know a bunch of funny comics and Sarah Silverman, and so like those are always fun because you're laughing a lot, even though comics can be comics can be crazy. It's worth it because you're laughing half the day. And then you know, I think I think shows that are about interesting subjects, like Small Town Ecstasy, was one of our early pure documentaries, and just embedding with this scene and and watching this family kind of implode and being with them and and talking to them about it was fascinating. Uh, it was hard, but it was fascinating. Do you guys get like
1: a, like a big chunk to do these things? Are you guys putting up your own money to do them and then trying to sell them?
2: No, usually the way it works with us is we, we sell the the idea. Maybe we, we, we go out of pocket and make a little uh, teaser tape Uh and, and then if the network wants it then we'll agree on a budget and they'll sort of pay us as we go to make it so we're not usually going too far out of pocket
1: have you guys done any outdoor shows like you know
2: yeah we did we we did a, a bunch of stuff you remember ted nugent yeah of course. Uh, the okay so ted nugent back in the when, when do i don't know this is a while back when he was a little more relevant and less less homophobic and racist than he is today but uh <laughs> he he had a ranch He had two ranches, one in Jackson, Michigan, and one in Waco, Texas. And we did a basic surviving nugent where it was kind of like Survivor. We brought a a bunch of spoiled kids uh, to live, like, on his property outside. And he would just make the rules and make them do shit. And then sometimes he would hunt them and, you know, eliminate them. And then one of them would win a prize. But he would, like, teach them how to live off the land. And, like, they'd have to eat a chicken that they killed. And, like, it was... It was pretty outdoorsy and uh and fun um you know we, we we did a whole thing about how to how to whatever do a deer and there's there's a yeah. skin, No, what what's the word not skin but uh uh i don't know anyway how yeah, to, to get it how to get it ready it was fun and these kids were idiots and nugent's insane at one point we almost had to stop production because nugent was trying to show off with a chainsaw And, and he was, he was like, look, here's how you use a chainsaw. he's trying to scare the kids. And then he accidentally chainsawed his leg. Oh no. (laughs) And then then we had to like take him to the hospital, but like, he's so crazy. He, he, he wouldn't take any painkillers. So when he got back, he was just limping around and he was really cranky. Um, But it was, it was, it was, it was fun.
1: When you guys shoot that with him, is he, is he pretty cool the whole time? Or is he kind of being cranky?
2: I mean, he's just not a normal human being yeah. like he would. We, we, we shot this one scene around the campfire with the kids where he's like telling stories about being a rock star and 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 trying to warn the kids. He's like, you he can't get into drugs and alcohol. He's like, I've never had a sip of alcohol in my life. As he's saying that by the fire, uh-huh. he's pouring and drinking a glass of wine. So, like the guy's just like it makes, you know, his universe is different from the rest of our universe.
1: Yeah. He, he he's a he's a big time hunter, man, huh? He's he's out there always hunting around and doing his thing.
2: Yeah. Well, he stocks his ranch with like animals for him to kill. It's it's pretty pretty crazy. So, did you say that he was like hunting the kids? Well, we have this one scene where <laughs> he went up in a helicopter. You know you know that um, I forgot what it's called, but you shoot like a net. Yeah, a yeah. Net. There's like a gun. It's a net. It's for like capturing wild animals. But he just had the kids run around and he would like shoot them with from the helicopter and, <laughs> you know, shoot them with a
1: net. It was pretty awesome. Is it, is it still going, this show? I got to see this.
2: No, it's, I mean, I, it's probably, I don't know where it is. Maybe it's on YouTube or something. Yeah. Uh, it was on VH1 for a while. And then, and then it was on the Outdoor Living Network or Outdoor Life Network. Um but, uh, yeah, we did, I don't know, four or five seasons of that in various incarnations.
1: So, okay, well, I'm going to switch over to your band real quick. So sure. um, I was kind of doing some research on you and um, your band, Too Much Joy, um, got signed to Giant and Warner Music. Um, wh- what year was that? Uh, I, I don't know. 1990s, right? <laughs> like early, early. Yeah, yeah. It was, it,
2: it was in the 90s. We are in
1: the 90s. Yeah. You got, and you guys, um, you guys were really good, man. It looked like you guys, um, I was watching all the videos and stuff, you guys got some great songs, you guys were tearing it up on stage in front of big crowds, right?
2: Oh yeah, no it was yeah, uh, it was legit, we, huh? we, we, we we tasted it, we thought we were going to be fucking Pearl Jam and, we, and we, <laughs> there was a year or two where like we were living high and right. then you know yeah. it all comes crashing down but that's. That's yeah. the cliche rock story for you. So. Yeah.
1: So when you guys got signed, did you guys like get like a big check and like you' guys like yeah, stoked and how yeah. how'd that go down?
2: It, it was. I mean, we got more money than we ever imagined. We spent most of it recording the album because you know we were idiots. Yeah. Um, but you know we we had enough to live on and that's all we ever wanted for you know when you're fucking twenty four and you're just like traveling yeah. around and and you don't have to worry about a job and. Yeah. You know, your only job is to get on stage, jump around, and then be worshiped afterwards and have people throw drugs and sex at you. Yeah. That's a good life, you know? <laughs> your All your
1: videos are pretty funny, too, man. I, did you direct all those?
2: I directed a lot of them, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff, man.
2: So, what's well, the. It's, oh, go ahead. It, 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 it's funny because we had this one song, Crush Story, and we got the hottest director at the time. Uh, whose name I can't remember, but he had, he had directed all the big MTV videos. He directed a movie about the who were like, this guy is the shit.
0: And yeah. somehow
2: he gave us this idea that we since had found out he had pitched to 80 other bands and nobody would go for it. And, and it was this idea where he had these lizards and he wanted to shoot them up really close and make it look like they were like giant monsters and that they would crush the band uh-huh. and our story, our, our song was called crush story. And so we're like, Oh, that's a cool idea. It was a fucking stupid ass video. And so after we did that, and we spent like way too much money on it. I was like, you know what? If that's the best guy in town, I could do this better than him. And so that sort of made me start directing our own videos.
1: Did, uh, does a record company give you money for the video as well? Like separate? Yeah, but, yeah, but
2: it's not really, see, it's all a big scam. Because uh-huh. they, it's basically they lend it to you. Like every cent the record company gives you, you owe to them. Right. So like you think you're getting all this you're like you think like, oh man, there's champagne on the video shoot. Wow, they're really treating us well. No, they're they're basically using your credit card to buy the champagne and then saying it's from them because at the end of the day, you have to pay all that back or you never make any more money. Right. So it's a giant scam. And I think the music business still kind of works like that. It's changed a little, but but it's it's it's
1: kind of stupid. So what happens to these bands that get all this money and they can't pay it back?
2: they they end up being TV producers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and does the does the record company just like just scratch it and go, okay, that was that. And-
2: yeah, yeah. They yeah. they they write it off. They drop you. Uh-huh. You're never to be heard from again. Like yeah. they basically throw you out like a fucking piece of toilet paper and, and you're done.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. So what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you when you were when you were playing? Like one of my friends to kind of give you a story. One of my friends, Chuck Reagan, rock star dude. He said a lady uh, bit his leg and like took a big chunk out of his leg while he was playing, and uh, and he still has a little little uh scar from that and little pain from that still is anything crazy
2: (laughs) oh man i mean
1: come on like he he jumped off the stage he jumped off the stage and for whatever reason this lady just bit his like calf you know
2: (laughs) that's hilarious yeah yeah i mean there's tons i'm trying to think like the the one that just came to mind but there's probably better ones is you know i uh our bass player was a little strange in the sexual department um (laughs) <laughs> and I, I think he'd, he'd, he'd be fine with me saying that because, yeah. you know, we all are. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> there was a promoter in, I think it was Houston or Dallas, and um, I've talked to other bands who've met her. And basically she's really cool, and she's like, oh, you guys can stay at my, my house that tonight. It'll be great, so we stay at her house. And right before she goes to bed, and my bass player had sort of been flirting with her, but like nothing was happening, she goes to bed. She's like, all right, I'm going to bed. He takes off. She she takes off her leg. So she's, she, uh, it's like a fake leg. She puts it on the mantelpiece in the living room. We're sleeping. We're on the floor staring at her leg. And then we're like, wait, where did where, our bass player go? And then we realize he's inside having sex with the with the one-legged woman and having like, according to him, the best sex of his life. So you know,
0: yeah.
2: you know I, I don't know if that's you know that's that's sort of t- a Tuesday night if you're. A, band in the 90s it, it's, <laughs> right like,
1: that's crazy did you guys ever have any of your songs like uh go on on uh radio or anything
2: yeah we were like sort of a couple of our songs were like top five alternative nice uh you know back in the day and we, were, we had videos that were on the charts of mtv for a little while so it was what was it, was it like
1: what was it like here in your um your song on the radio the first time.
2: It, it, I don't care what anyone says. Like it's the greatest. It's it, and it never gets old. Like yeah. Once in a while, I'll just like hear it on some station. You know, very rarely now, but it's just it's always a thrill. Like you know, it's yeah. just, it's pretty cool.
1: It's probably like the same thing. Like when you see your your production do really well, and you get yeah. the, and you get yeah. like an award or something. You know, it's probably like you you know pretty rewarding for sure.
2: For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's look, like I said, there's so many rejections and kicks in the balls in this, in this world that you try to, (laughs) you try to savor the good moments, you know? Do you have any
1: advice for like an up and coming uh, producer or somebody that's trying to get into the business?
2: I mean, right now the business is really in a bad place because too many people got really greedy at the top. Mm -hmm. Uh, so all these companies are firing people and just paying their CEOs, like, billions of dollars, and they also made too much TV since the pandemic, so there's a glut of stuff, so they're now, like, just buying a lot less than what used to be bought, so I think it's a really tough time. I'd say, you know, look at social media. I think that's where the future is. Mm -hmm. I think AI is going to take over a lot of this, and if you can figure out how to utilize ai in the future i think that's going to be super helpful and i think you know branded content is is going to be the future but i think television as we know it is probably not going to exist in five ten years
1: really and when you say branded content what do you mean by that
2: meaning like you know walmart says hey we want to just make a show about ah okay this family that this family that, that shops at walmart but we don't really want it to be walmart like a commercial, we just wanted to sort of make people think good things about Walmart, and they'll give you money, and you may or may not sell it, or maybe they just put it on their website or whatever. Okay, cool. Hey, well, Jay, thanks
1: so much for being on my podcast, man. No problem, man. Not I really, really, really enjoyed it. Really learned a lot. That's what uh, this show is all about. And I, on my podcast, I have people that are inspiring and passionate about what they do and you're definitely in that uh category for sure so thanks man for being in there
2: thank, thank you thank man I'll, I'll talk to you soon all right thank you, thank you. All right,
1: it's a guy jeans podcast